Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 1071 of the Juicebox Podcast. On today's show, I'll be speaking with Zani. She's 27 years old, has had type 1 diabetes for 17 years, and she's experienced a number of issues along the way, not the least of which is an eating disorder, concerns about her weight and health, and scare tactics from doctors. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. The holidays are coming. You can save 40% at CozyEarth.com when you use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. 40% off of Christmas gifts. That sounds like a good deal. Use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout when you buy sheets, towels, clothing, or anything they have at CozyEarth.com. Don't forget to check out the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. 43,000 plus members all having conversations right now that you would enjoy, benefit from, or be able to add to. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. Before we get started, a message for iPhone users. If you are listening to the podcast in Apple Podcasts and you have recently upgraded to iOS 17, your podcast player may not be downloading the show. You need to go into Apple Podcasts, go to your library, touch Juicebox Podcast, then go to the top right corner and touch the three circles, choose Settings, then at the bottom under Downloads, choose Automatically Download, and make sure all new episodes are checked. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1. Head over now to touchedbytype1.org and just check out what they're doing. People with type 1 diabetes require support. Touched by Type 1 offers it. Check them out also on Facebook and Instagram. Touchedbytype1.org. The podcast is also sponsored by US Med. USmed.com slash juicebox. That's where Arden gets her diabetes supplies from. Head over now to USmed.com slash juicebox or call 888-721-1514. Get your free benefits check and you're on your way getting your diabetes supplies the same way we do from US Med. Hi, my name is Zani. I am 27 years old and I have been a type 1 diabetic for 17 years. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you too. Thank you. So you were 10 when you were diagnosed? Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> What, what age did you want to be? No, never. Never. <laughs> never age <ever>. never. <laughs> I understand. Um, I mean, I just have to start by asking you, where are you from? I'm from South Africa. How did you find the podcast? I recently started to focus mainly on diabetes-related content on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I found you guys, and I really liked what you did. And then I decided to reach out. Oh, very nice. Did you have an idea of what you want to talk about when you came on? I thought maybe I could share a bit about my story. Um, I've been through quite a lot. I know it's different for all diabetics, and I'm sure a lot of people can 
resonate with me and share my experience, even though it's completely different. So mm. I thought maybe if I can share a bit, it could maybe even if it helps one person to know that they're not alone. Excellent. Well, let's do that then. Where does your story begin in your mind? Okay. If I have to refer to one thing specifically, I would say my hardest time was being a teenager up until my, let's say, early 20s. I had diabulimia. I'm sure you're um, familiar with the concept. Of course. Yes. Um, so I didn't actually know back then what it was. I didn't know it was something that people did, that it actually had a name. I just happened upon it. Um, I stopped injecting. I also, I got very depressed and anxious. I, ha I have severe anxiety. Then I stopped injecting. And as I stopped with the insulin, I realized I lost weight. And that's how the whole thing started with me. And it was very, very difficult to actually come out and be able to say, listen, here, this is what I'm doing. You know, especially what you're doing to your family. They're seeing you in the hospital um, with DKA and you don't really have answers because, you know, you're mm. depressed and you're trying to get out of it, but you can't really. Let's, let's break it apart a little bit. So are you saying that initially your anxiety kept you from giving yourself insulin? Yes. Okay. Tell me about that. What what scared you about the insulin? I used to go low a lot, um, especially during nighttime, 3 a.m.s. Uh, I, if I ever have to eat peanut butter again, <laughs> it's going to be too soon. I had a peanut butter sandwich every night at 3 a.m. Even my mother, till to this day, she still wakes up. Like her internal clock is still set for 3 a.m., same with me. So I got a lot of lows and I didn't like it. I'm sure everyone would agree. Yeah. It's terrible. And it got to a point where when I'm sleeping, now it happens still, I would dream that I'm fixing the low. In my dream, I, I get up and I get Coke and I eat Super C's and then, you know, the dream keeps going and I'm starting to think, why am I not feeling better? And I eat more in the dream. And then by the time I wake up, I'm already, you know, on one. And then it's difficult to even get out of the bed and re reach my snacks. So um, possible <laughs> solution there, just stop giving insulin. So I never went low, but I was high all the time. You were a dream. Then, you were a dream treater. You were treating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice term. Yeah. And I still do it to this day. It's so scary. Wow. And I wake up so late because I've been eating for 30 minutes now in my dream. <laughs> But actually, I'm just asleep. <laughs> that's really, I, I, it's not funny, but it's interesting. And, yeah. you know, oh, that's really something. So you're feel like I know I'm low and I'm handling it. And exactly. so, and so you don't wake up till you're super low. How, how low did you say you, you end up being? The lowest I've been was 0 0.9. But most times while sleeping, I would wake up 1.3, 1.9. Yeah, I just want to tell people in America, like, that's like a 23 blood sugar, 2023. So, like, on the verge of a seizure. Have you had a seizure ever? I have actually not. I'm very, very blessed. But I have a funny story. One time um, when I used to live in my mom's house, I have no idea how this happened. Most of these lows, I have no, um, you know, I, memories of it at all. Mm -hmm. And when my mom 
got to me. Apparently, I was sitting up in the bed and I was trying to test my sugar on my cell phone. <laughs> so again, it's not funny, but it's, it's not, funny. It, it, yeah, I, the visual is funny. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I managed to call her on my phone. She rushed up and in those 10 seconds it took her to get to me, I completely zoned out. My, my jaw was locked. I was just staring out. I don't remember any of this. So this happens or happened all the time before I went on the pump. So that's the scary part. You know, you just you lose pieces of your memory completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I know. I, my daughter's had a seizure before. I, I, I know what it looks like and, oh, and, and how you I've come out of it. I've seen one, uh, one of my friends, but I've never experienced it. And I'm so happy. It's so scary. Yeah. No, I'm happy for you that you haven't. Uh, after a low like that, does it wreck the next few hours, the next day, or do you bounce back? Oh, a few days, a few days. I get insane migraines. Usually, you know, my family, same with highs as well, if I go very high, but lows mostly. I had a low last night. I'm still recovering. Mm. You know, it, it takes a while. It, it's not just a, and people don't really understand that. You know, they, they see that your sugar is now seven. Oh, okay, she's fine. Yeah. No, I, uh, I but get you're it. not fine. <laughs> no, no, it takes it takes quite a while to, to kind of bounce back. So when you say to yourself, all right, I don't want to get low anymore, you don't think I'll take less insulin? You think I'll just stop taking insulin? I tried. Okay. I really tried. I think, you know, um, I had a, a good support system, but, you know, everyone has their family issues and, I wasn't the easiest child. I did push boundaries and um, I already had a bit of a, a problem at the age of 10. I can't believe it, but with my weight. So I remember the first thing I thought when I got diagnosed, someone told me, oh, you lost a lot of weight. You look so good. I was 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that stuck with me. You know, that's so messed up. I tried taking less insulin. The thing with going low the whole time at that age, for example, and being a girl and, you know, you need to look a certain way. Um, I gained weight. You know, if you go low, you eat carbs. And, yeah. you know, even with injecting less, because then what I tried to do was I tried to eat less and then no amount of insulin was actually, you know, little enough to stop me from going low. So then basically... I stopped eating and I stopped taking insulin, but I would go into DKA any case. Right. And then you get those, you know, um, binge eating episodes when you're so super hungry because your body wants insulin and wants the food. And then you go low, ugh, you go high, and then I just go sleep it off. I, I like to call it my high nap. Because <laughs> when you wake up after that, you feel like a new person. It's the best sleep I ever, I ever get is when my sugar is high, which is terrible, but... Yeah. Sometimes it's needed because I don't really sleep otherwise. How well. how many times do you think you've been hospitalized for DKA? Uh, I can definitely say between the ages of 15 and 22 it was every 3 months. Yeah, I I've met other I've met other people who um who who don't know how to use their insulin at all and they they use the hospital to manage their blood sugar. And that's the frequency they talk about. Like they go, they go into DK, they go to the hospital, the hospital kind of levels things out again. Then they go home, do it again. And it just keeps happening for, and you did that for how many years? Mm, 15, 15 to 22. How many years? <laughs> uh, seven. seven. Yeah. 
seven. Uh, yeah. So what I did, I was in constant. I constantly had ketones, but I learned to manage it at home. So I used to tell myself, I can do this. You know, I can hide it. I can do this. But the moment I start getting nauseous, I know it's now time to go to the hospital. Because then, then all those electrolytes and things come out, and then I can't. Can't you couldn't stay on top of it as best as you were anymore. I, I have a question. So you have you've described two medical situations, right? Low blood sugars and everything that comes with those. High blood sugars and everything that come with those. What makes you choose the highs? I mean, do you know what I mean? Like you you have two bad yeah. options and you've chose one of them. So is it what what do you know what I mean? Because like you, how am I trying to say this? No, I, I understand. You do? Okay. I can definitely. Okay. It's, it's it's easy to choose the higher one because you the the negative effects of the high is is long term, so you don't immediately feel so terrible. I used to joke and say, I don't have to go out drinking; I can just eat a bar one, you know, and I have the uh, the same um, effect. I'm an introvert, like hundred percent, and when my sugar is about fifteen or a little bit higher than it should be, then I am the most outgoing, outspoken person. I'm so happy. I'm just, you know, everyone likes me. <laughs> but then when it goes a few, like a bit higher, 20s and up, then you start getting the migraines and feeling um, not great. Yeah. Another short story, I went on a date in grade nine. Um, I met a guy on school camp and I was eating Smarties when I met him. Oh, and he loved me. You know, we were chatting and we were just having a ball. And then he asked me out on a date. We went to see a movie and he asked me while we were watching the movie, what's wrong? And I said, nothing's wrong. Um, and he's like, why are you so quiet? I said, this is how I usually am. And he said, but that's not how he knows me. And I said, okay, but my sugar was high. He actually got up and went to go buy me snacks so that he could experience high Zani again. Huh. Yeah. That's a, that was our first and our last date. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> oh, wow. That's interesting. That's like him buying you like, like sexy underwear and saying, uh, I like you better yeah. than this. Exactly. Oh. No, that that scarred me for life. <laughs> I I'm carrying it with me. <laughs> well, sure, because then your then your internal feeling is the person who I really am is not, not okay. It's not okay. Yeah, and yeah, I have to hurt my health for people to like me. Is the feeling right? What's yeah, I'm I'm luckily not there anymore. That was more, yeah. you know. No, I understand. You're telling a story. Younger, yeah, but... you're telling a story from the past. I understand. Yeah. Um. So because it was in the past, with the benefit of hindsight, and let's just say now, I'm assuming you don't have these issues at the moment? I would like to say I'm completely, you know, risk-free from falling back into it, but I'm not. Okay. Uh, I, I started, and this is quite hard, um, but I started insulin pump therapy and my sugar, my HbA1c dropped with 8 it dropped to seven from 15 within six months. Um, it's, it has never been below 10 my whole life, but that also meant that I was, you know, healthy for a change and I, and I gained some weight. So it is quite a slippery slope. I'm trying to be really strong to not fall. Yeah. I, I, I want to just say and, and ask, I guess, you, you know, that insulin doesn't cause weight gain, right? Like it's cal yes, it's calories. Okay. All right. I just I wanted know. to make sure because yeah. some people really don't know that. 
No, no, I know. Yeah, it's second- in my head. I know it's and it can be controlled. I I follow a low carb diet, mm-hmm. but I I slipped quite a bit when I got comfortable on the pump. So it's also not the pump that you know made me gain weight. It's just in my head. You know, I'm thinking, oh, this is it's very easy. Give yeah. me a week. Well, a week without insulin and I'll be back to what I want to be. You know, I don't want those thoughts at all anymore. Yeah, the, where you're manipulating your weight with your blood sugar. Exactly. Yeah, no, I understand. Uh, well, I obviously, I, I wish you luck with that. And um, I, let me ask my question, then I'll, I'll spin back around again. My question is, is that with hindsight and using the pump now, do you see that there was a time when you were younger, when you're you were struggling so much with your blood sugars that there was a way to handle it. You just, you didn't know it. Like, like how to like manage your insulin. Like, are you better at using insulin now than you were 10 years ago? Everybody who has diabetes has diabetes supplies, but not everybody gets them from us med the way we do usmed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514. U.S. Med is the number one distributor for Freestyle Libre Systems nationwide. They are the number one specialty distributor for Omnipod Dash, the number one fastest growing tandem distributor nationwide, and they always provide 90 days worth of supplies and fast and free shipping. That's right, U.S. Med carries everything from insulin pumps to diabetes testing supplies right up to your latest CGMs like the Freestyle Libre 2 and 3 and the Dexcom G6 and 7. They even have Omnipod Dash and Omnipod 5. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and you can reach them at 888-721-1514 or by going to my link, usmed.com forward slash juicebox. When you contact them, you get your free benefits check, and then if they take your insurance, you're off and going. And US Med takes over 800 private insurers and Medicare nationwide. Better service and better care is what U.S. Med wants to provide for you. USmed.com forward slash juice box. Get your diabetes supplies the same way Arden does from U.S. Med. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com to U.S. Med and all of the sponsors. When you use my links, you're supporting the show. Or are you still having the same problems, but the insulin's just coming through a pump now? Actually, I was put on one of the first Medtronic pumps when I was 15, mm-hmm. I was manipulating it because you can just press a button, you know, and eat whatever you want. So it didn't work for me back then. Okay. I didn't know about CGMs at all until I got pregnant um, four years ago. Like the, the knowledge wasn't, I didn't know. I didn't go out seeking, you know, because I didn't care about my health. I didn't look after myself. So mm-hmm. when I finally now actually found out about CGMs and, you know, this new pump, I'm on the 780G, so it does everything for me. I think if it wasn't for this pump, I would still be where I was six months ago because I literally can go a whole day without even looking at my pump, which isn't great because I forget to eat, but I'm super busy. So it's nice to know that I won't go low and I won't go high because this thing is just, you know, keeping everything in check. Yeah. So am I understanding then that, Back when you had the lows and then you stopped using insulin to manage the lows, that's the beginning of an eating disorder. And that eating disorder almost 
supersedes the problem before. It's like the thing before doesn't exist anymore. That like the lows were almost like a, a gateway to the diabolemia. Does that feel about accurate? Yeah, definitely. Definitely that and the anxiety that came with that. Mm-hmm. Did it alleviate your anxiety? Oh, yes, definitely. Really? So- I, I remember I, I went to go see, you know, when I was diagnosed as a brittle diabetic, so I had a lot of ups and downs the whole time. So I was actually, I've seen so many people when they tested to see if I'm bipolar or anything, and I'm not. It's just the emotions that you experience with a low and with a high and to go up and down the whole time like that. It really, you know, it takes its toll on your mental health. Do and you- all of that, they, they actually told me I'm not anxious because I'm depressed. I'm depressed depressed because i'm anxious so it all started with anxiety yeah yeah and is the um is the badge brittle is that something you believe in well (laughs) if i think about you know what i did to get those the highs and lows and the up and ups and downs it's it's a nice word to describe it but obviously i had some some part in that but um being the business that i am i've seen you know little kids newly diagnosed and it's just all over the place the parents they're struggling so much even with cgms you know the kid will be two and then the next moment 30 and then four and then the next moment 28 and that's that's what being brittle is i remember they said there isn't one you know guidebook or handbook for diabetes Um, everyone's different Mm -hmm. so i do i do believe i do believe yeah brittle but i think all people (laughs) actually you know in a sense are brittle diabetics as no one there isn't one specific guidebook for everyone well i would i would say this so i know you don't know me very well and that's that's absolutely fine i understand that the word brittle means bouncing up and down seems out of control and unpredictable is that about how you understand it yeah yeah but i would tell you that there is a way for that not to happen to somebody that when your blood sugar is bouncing around like that, it's not because you have a special different kind of diabetes. It, oh, no, of yeah. Course. Right. Right. It's because you're not using the insulin well. And yeah. I understand that people don't know how, and it's confusing and there are a lot of variables that they kind of can't keep straight in their head, but I think there's a way to do it. And, and I mean, there's like a whole series inside of this podcast that that helps people do just that. So like, it was interesting to me earlier when you said, I didn't even know about CGMs till like four years ago, because you're in a bubble where you're not thinking about it and you're not looking for it. So you you don't know. The Facebook group for this podcast, if you go into it, it's a private group, right? There's like 40,000 people in there and um, activity of about 25,000 of them every day, 110 posts, people talking about their blood sugars, trying to figure out. And what you'll see is either people who are like, I don't know what's going on. Like, look at this wonky graph. I I don't know what's happening here. And then people Mm -hmm. help them figure it out. Or you see people put in their super flat graphs and they're like, hey, I can't believe it. I figured it out. You know, like, so there's a a process that happens over and over and over again inside of that bubble where I don't think you'd hear anybody say, I'm brittle. I think you'd hear hear those people say, I don't know. I didn't know how to use my insulin, but I figured it out. And now look what I have. 
And that's no. that's hard to reach people with that information, you know. I I agree with you one hundred percent. That's uh, that's why I said you know I definitely played part there. Um, I didn't manage my sugar at all or my insulin usage. It's just the the you know the newly diagnosed kids. It's like you said as well. They haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. Um, but even for you, to, in defense of you, it's not like you, it's not like you knew what to do or someone told you. And then you just didn't do it. Like you had no idea, right? Like no one had ever explained it to you, I would imagine. We we have diabetes clinics here and they're pretty good with that. But if you, you know, I only made the the shift, the mind shift when my daughter was born. Before that, I really didn't care for my life um, at all. Okay. So, you know, I didn't listen. I didn't go to my, as soon as I turned 18, I stopped going to my um, doctor because I remember my doctor as that a big poster there with a guy with one leg and, you know, is blind in the one eye. And this was, they use scare tactics, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it did the opposite of what it was supposed to do. Yeah. Especially for a kid who already, you know, has some troubles and now they're trying to tell me this is going to happen if you don't follow our exact, you know, rules and things. So I am now there where that guy is, you know, I, I've retinopathy um, and all those other thingies and it's okay. I know I played my part in it, but the point is those scare tactics didn't work. And I'm really trying to use my voice this side to get that across to parents. Yeah. I know it's difficult. I know my mom struggled with me as well, but at the end of the day, it's the kid's diabetes. It's not yours. You can't, possibly understand how they feel when they're low or when they're high so just you know a little bit of compassion and don't tell them they're going to lose their leg when they turn 20 that's not going to help either i i don't see how scare tactics are the right way to go i mean especially with a kid like 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 i'm uh, maybe if you're a 55 year old guy and you've been seeing this doctor for 20 years and the doctor's like i give up man like you know like i maybe yeah. would understand that but i don't in my wildest dreams, understand why I would tell a 10 year old, if you don't like, look what could happen. You have diabetes. You're going to lose your legs going to fall off. No, it's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. No, it's a mess. It really is. You, you've mentioned a couple of times and I want to make sure that I'm picking through it completely. You called yourself a difficult child. Was this outside of diabetes? Were there other difficulties? Um, I had some emotional, um, stress. Uh, it's just, uh, the usual parents got divorced, mom and dad, you know, completely different people. I don't think, can't imagine a life where they ever fit together. And my brother and I, we got in the middle of it quite a lot. So, uh, yeah, also my diabetes, apparently, or that's what they think, got triggered by a shock. Being in South Africa and all that, yay. Um, I woke up one night and a burglar was literally standing over me with a flashlight and a week later, I was diagnosed. So, would you remember that as being very traumatic? Yes, I lit. I literally still see the flashlight. <laughs> oh my gosh! A lot of a lot of traumatic things happened as a child, and that wasn't even the. I think they broke that year. They broke in four times in our house, and we don't even we don't live in a bad neighborhood or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just how it goes here I sometimes. See. I see. Do you have any other autoimmune issues in your family? Do people have celiac or Hashimoto's, anything like that, thyroid? 
Nothing. Nothing. Mm. Well, do you have any others? No, not that I'm aware of. I do obviously have high high blood pressure, you know, the normal things. I have kidney disease, um, early stages. Uh, apparently, my kidneys got a lot better after starting the pump therapy. Even my doctor was shocked. So that's great. Um, but nothing, nothing other than the diabetes. Thank goodness for that. I was going to ask about um, complications. So you had your your kidney numbers were off, but they got better after you brought your blood sugar down? I haven't actually made this known. I was going to make a post about it because I'm still in shock. So it starts with my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Everything that I did up until my pregnancy, you know, I didn't experience any long-term side effects or anything. So when I got pregnant, my HbA1c was way too high. They told me there was no way my my daughter was going to make it or, you know, there's going to be stuff severely wrong or I'm going to be risking my life. Nothing went wrong. Well, not nothing, but I mean, we're both okay. Uh, So what happened was my eyes started bleeding. That was the first thing. The stress of the baby on my body was too much. So my eyes started bleeding for the first time. I needed to get injections, which I couldn't get while I was pregnant. So I had to sit without any numbing for laser therapy Mm. um, because I tried to keep her, you know, safe and inside as long as possible. So then they took her out, I think, seven, seven and a half months. And then I needed to get the treatment for my eyes. But as soon as she was out, my eyes seemed to stabilize a bit. They still did the laser, but I could obviously get the numbing. So it was first the eyes, the retinopathy. And then my kidneys followed. My doctor used to look at my test results and say, if he was looking at an 80-year-old 80, 80 results, then he would be happy. So things got very bad very, very quickly. He actually told me the other day, after now the good news with my kidneys, that he didn't think I would make it past 30, even with dialysis. So I do think it's a a bit of a miracle that my kidneys progressed um, and got better so fast. Even the doctor said he has never seen such a turnaround um, from the state that it was in six months ago. Yeah, he actually even told me, you know, they told me I can never have more kids or anything. And he actually said to me, well, go for it. If I, you know, if I want to, there's no reason according to the medical results that I cannot have another child, which is amazing for me. Yeah. So what it sounds like is that the, I mean, the constant high blood sugars, I mean, you said like a 15 A1C, right? Um, Yeah. Is doing damage, damage, damage to your body. And it's happening slowly. You were getting to it like, you know, prior. And then the pregnancy puts all that stress on your body. And then it kind of speeds up the process of what was already happening. Is that how you feel about it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because I was thinking I was getting away with it, you know, like, ha, huh, who are they telling me I'm going to have problems with my eyes? Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And then just one day, everything at once, hmm. your body just gives up. Like like a smoker, right? Where you're like, it, like I'll be okay. Like when people smoke yeah. cigarettes, they're like, this won't hurt me. It, it'll, it'll get somebody <laughs> else, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. I'm sorry. That's a lot. It really yeah, is. Okay, got got out stronger. And the one thing that I did learn from this is you have a lot of parents that are very, very um, frantic about high sugars. 
So I'd like to say, you know, if your kid gets a, a high sugar because he ate an ice cream, he's not going to go into kidney failure. You know, a lot of a lot of parents are very, very, um, I like to say I did everything wrong. I did it wrong for years. And this is where it got me. One high sugar, let your kid have the ice cream, you know. I think the emotional trauma from denying that would cause more damage than anything. It's a slippery so a lot of, it's a slippery slope, yeah. isn't it though? Because you know, first of all, and I hate to say this this way, but we don't know what your your ending is yet, right? So like yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. like you've had an amazing rebound, but you've rebounded because you started using insulin. And exactly. and so and I don't think one high blood sugar is a reason to run around and set the world on fire. Like, I, I don't think that at all. But Yeah, but that's where it needs to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, what happens if, because this is what I see happen to people. And it, it's the, um, well, it was just 150 for a couple of hours. And they're like, okay, and that's fine. And then the next time it's sort of like, well, now it's just 180 for a couple of hours. So well, it was only oh, 200 okay, for half yeah. the day. And like, you, you start to like, you start to like. It becomes the new normal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's like a, I, the way I imagine like a gambling addict going down the toilet. Like I only lost 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. It was only a hundred dollars. It was only $300, but I make 5,000 a month. Like, you know what I mean? Like that you, you talk yourself into the slow the slow progression not being a bad thing. And then suddenly you wake up and what you've done is raised a kid who thought that 180 blood sugar wasn't bad. And then they went to mm-hmm. college and they're like, well, it was only 220. And then, you know what I mean? Like before they, then you redo the math. Well, it's supposed to be 83, but it's only 180. So it's only a hundred points higher than it's supposed to be. And, uh, and then you fold in the, um, and plus it's not going to get me. It's going to get someone else, uh, you know, like that kind of like, human yeah. yeah yeah like i'm i'm i i can't be felled by diabetes and oh, that, i'm invincible <laughs> right right and and i think that's how some people end up in 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 bad situations i also think that what you said is completely valid and that running up to your kid yelling your blood sugars you know 150 after ice cream so we're never gonna have ice cream again is probably mm. a good way to make some children have eating disorders Exactly. I mean, my little brother, he's also diabetic, strangely enough. (laughs) And um, like he's too scared to play sports um, because my um, parents on that side, they are so scared of lows, you know, Mm. Um, because of getting to me in the middle of the night and seeing me in that state. You know, what if he goes low? And now he's actually scared. Yeah. Well, that's what builds it, right? It's like you, the fear builds more fear. And and that's yeah, why from not going to have a normal childhood at yeah. all. We we have to grow up very fast when you get diagnosed as a kid. Mm. You take on a lot of responsibility, even even if it's not all on you. I, I never had anyone inject me when I was actually injecting. Yeah. I, I did it myself the first five years. I didn't want anyone else to inject me. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. So the way I think about it is every I mean, every course of action is going to impact people 
slightly differently, right? Like, you know, if you go with the, oh my God, don't eat that, you might end up with a person who's very careful and doesn't eat that. You might end up with a person who has an eating disorder and is hiding in another room eating food, right? Like every impact is not going to impact everybody the same way. That's why for my money, like if as a blanket idea, I go with understanding how insulin works, learning how to cover the food that you eat. Because if you can do that, then you can eat what you want and stop high blood sugars and stop low blood sugars. If you can do that, then to me, that's the that's the most sane path through this. And 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 that's why the there's a bulk of the podcast dedicated to helping people understand how how my daughter uses insulin and mm. how, how they can as well, which is just to say it's nothing special or magic, right? It's just um you know, using insulin in my mind is about the right amount of insulin at the right time. You can bolus for a piece of fruit. You can bolus for rice. You can bolus for junk food. Like there's, there's no end to what you can bolus for. If you want to eat a low carb diet, there's a way to bolus for that. And, and understanding that allows people choice. And to me, that's the most important part highlighted by what you've been talking about here, because you were a, you were one kind of person. You had a brain that was wired a certain way. And some of the things that happened to you threw you off. And, yeah. but the same things that happened to you, I have, honest to God, I've talked to people on this podcast who say that the poster of the guy with one leg saved their life. And so, wow. like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they had a completely different experience than you did. And, and that's why one size doesn't fit all. Like, that's why you can't just try to scare everybody. That's not going to work. It fucked you all up. You can't, mm. you can't be super sweet to everybody because some people will just ignore it. And, you know, like, there's a, I don't know, the best thing, I, Zani, I've been doing this for, I've been making this podcast for nine years. And I wrote a blog for, about diabetes for, oh God, uh, I don't even know, from 2007 till 2015, I wrote a very popular diabetes blog. And from 2015 until now, I've been making this podcast. And I'm not a doctor, I'm not a soothsayer, but the best thing I've come up with is you teach people how insulin works and how it applies to what they eat, and that gives them the best shot. That's the best thing I've come up with so far. No, I can definitely that obviously that's all the answers. It's just, you know, you need to, like I said, that mind shift to want to understand and to want to get help and to want to do it right. Yeah. Well, that's the I, big I think problem. There are a lot of kids that haven't made that mind shift yet. Oh, a million percent. Because mostly what you're going to get from your doctor is the kind of cookie cutter advice. It'll work for some people. And then the ones it doesn't work for, Eventually, they say, oh, well, you're brittle. Yeah. Yeah, or you're non-compliant. They'll say that too, right? At not like There are plenty of people. Yeah, my doctor gave up. He just said he doesn't want me as a patient anymore. Yeah, well, that's pretty shitty. And um, yeah. what, that's, a fail, that's his failure. You know what I mean? Not yours. And, yeah. and, and there, there was, trust me, there was a way that he could have put his effort into you. Is a man, I'm sorry. Am I misspeaking? Yeah, it's a man. Okay. It, sorry, 10 years ago, I wouldn't know. I just would have kept going, but everybody gets upset now. So. <laughs> women can be doctors. I know women can be doctors. My doctor's a guy. So when I think of doctors, I say man. Never mind. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so there, he could have 
he could have helped you. He could have taken the time to understand your specific situation, how your brain works, how you were thinking, and put a plan in action that would have helped you. And instead of doing that, he said he wrote you off. And, and I'm telling you that I think that's what happens, that that's the process. Come in. The system tells you what the system says. You react well to it. Good. You get a gold star. You react poorly to it. We'll try a few more times. But then at the end, we'll call you brittle, non-compliant, and kick you out the back door. And you get to die, mm-hmm. and that's your fault because you didn't listen to us. But that's not really what happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's terrible. And you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be getting injections in your eyes and worried about your 80-year-old kidneys when you're 27 because somebody couldn't figure out how to talk to you about your diabetes. And that honestly is what ends up, I think, being the problem in your situation. It's like you just needed a different you needed a different perspective. You know, it, it's, it's tough. It, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's weird to say, but it's nice to hear. Uh, I've always just been blamed, you know? No. How could it be your fault? Listen, um, <laughs> it, listen, uh, let, what, what we'll do you and I today, we'll go find a 10 year old. We'll, we'll get their uh, parents permission and we're going <laughs> to teach them how to build a nuclear reactor. There, there we go. And we'll give them a hammer and a couple pieces of wood, and we'll put them in the backyard. And if they don't have a reactor in 10 years, we'll write them off and tell them they didn't try hard enough. That That's the same thing. Diabetes is incredibly difficult. It's complex. It takes a lot of tools. You didn't get half of them. It takes a lot of direction and instruction. You didn't get any of that. And then, and then your blood sugar is super high, which I know you said you felt better high, but you felt better high because your body was trying to adapt to all that extra sugar in your blood. And so, but you're still like, you're altered, like even calling yourself difficult. Like if my blood sugar was 370 all the time, I'd be difficult too. And so would everybody else. That doesn't make you difficult. That makes you had a high blood sugar. Do you see what I'm saying? Like these things... Like if I were to inject you with heroin against your will, and then yeah. you were difficult afterwards, are you difficult or were you injected with heroin against your will? Right. And so like when yeah. your blood sugar is super low and then super high and then super low and you're altered, are you, are you difficult or is your blood sugar bouncing all over the place? So all these things happening to you, I, I mean, at some point, I could make the argument that as a 10-year-old, you were started down the wrong path, that all of these other things happened as you were walking that path, which drove you farther and farther away from your optimal health. And along the way, people who didn't understand how to help you told you it was your fault. That That sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah. So I say, fuck all that. Let's start over. You know what I mean? Seriously. Yeah. 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 That's not your problem. Now, now you, now you see the other side of it. You see how you can feel when you have the insulin to, in my mind, in my mind, your next step is go find those pro tip series in this podcast and just listen and see if you can't figure out how to use your insulin. Because I don't like, I love let me, let me start that over again. I love that that pump and that algorithm is helping you. And uh, honest to God, it's fantastic that what's happening you know, with your health. But let's do it on purpose. 
Like let's 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 know what to do. Let's get to the spot where you can eat a smartie and your blood sugar doesn't go up and you still get to be you. You, you know what I mean? Well, uh, you you got it right there because I am too scared to go out of the automatic setting. Because at the moment I go out of it, my sugar is completely crazy again. Can I? It, and can, can I so say? I, can I say? Like you said, I, I've never, I've never learned. Yeah, let me. Yeah, it's, you don't. No, it, it. There's no shade on you whatsoever. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. No one knows what they're doing when they start. Okay, you had a ten year buffer where we, <laughs> <laughs> where we, where we didn't get yeah. it. But, but your story. If it makes you feel better, and I think it will, I'm going to tell you a private conversation I had. This is years ago now. So before the podcast was really popular, I was sort of known on social media as like, if you message that guy, he'll get on the phone with you and help you with your diabetes. (laughs) Oh, nice. A weird thing to be known (laughs) as, I guess. Yeah. But I I got a note once from a woman, and she had a lot of kids, but she was in her 30s. I can't remember the number, but I remember it being a number that I was like stunned by, like five or six kids or something like that. And she said that she had had the realization that her life was going to end early because of her type 1 diabetes, that her blood sugars were just all over the place, uh, high all the time. And it just hit her, like she needed to do something about it. So she and I spoke for 45 minutes on the phone. And I basically gave her a high-level talk about what you'll find in the pro tip series in the podcast, which by the way is completely free. And I talked to her for about 45 minutes. And the next day she sent me another note and asked if she could call me again. And I said, yes. And when she answered the phone, she was crying, like really bawling crying. And I was like, are you okay? Like what's wrong? You know? And she says, let me, let me text you this. And she texted me her graph from her CGM and it was super stable all night long, low and stable, no low blood sugars, um, no spikes, you know, all that. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. And she just started repeating over and over again. Why did no one ever tell me about this? Yeah. And I said, I, I don't know, you know, like, and now I'm like, oh God, like now I'm seeing the, her psychological side of it. I was like, she's done real physical harm to herself her whole life because like her basil was a little too high and she was bolusing wrong at her meals. And, yeah. and then I explained it to her and she's like, oh, that makes sense. Then she did it and it worked. And then all she could feel was a sense of loss which I understand, but I'm going to say to you, the best thing you can do for yourself is just say what happened before. I don't have any agency over. I can't change it. I don't have a time machine. I'm starting over now and I'm moving forward. And I think that's the best thing you can do. Yeah. I, I think uh, the second best thing would be to go listen to those tips because um, <laughs> like I, said, I, I really don't know. And, the, the fear and anxiety I have, you know, they do not approve CJMs this side. Mm-hmm. The, some, some medical aids cover maybe one a month. So I, you live in constant fear over, will you have a CJM to, tomorrow? Will you, have, can, will you have access to your consumables for your pump next week? So if I go back on the insulin pens, I can't feel like, I literally said the other day, 
well, if I lose my pump, I die. You know, no, there's no way. No, no. Well, first of all, I don't want. I, can I have that. I don't want you to go back to pens. I, I, I like you on the system you're on. Tell me which one you're using <laughs> right now, Medtronic. The seven ATG. Oh yeah, I hear. I hear that's the new algorithm, right? Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. I hear it good really... things. I hear good things from. But I people. literally said I'm just gonna give up if I lose my pump. Honestly, I don't know how I'm ever gonna be able to do this. But like you said, I've never really learned, so maybe it's time. Yeah, but I don't. I don't mean learn so that you can go back to. Oh no! I know. I know. I, I just but mean learn. Unfortunately, it's a. It is a possibility. You know. I understand. That, yeah. Well, yeah. for for now, let's hope. First of all, take good care of your pump. Wrap it in like something soft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, my my point really is that I don't want you off the system. I think the 780G sounds like it's terrific for you, but let's let you feel like you know why it's going well. Like, you know what I mean? Like just a little agency over the whole thing, an understanding of the process so that if one day, I mean, you live in South Africa, let's just say a shark eats your pump because that's probably the closest or like, a I don't know. Probably a shark. A lion. Yeah, yeah, a lion or whatever. I've never been to South Africa. A giraffe steals yeah. it. I don't know what's going on there. Okay. <laughs> but um, but like something happens to it. I don't I don't want you to just go like short circuit and go, ah. <laughs> I don't know yeah, what to do. No, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sometimes it happens because sometimes when your sugar goes a little bit whack, the system would say, Okay, it needs it needs to go off of smart guard now to just, you know, reset the algorithm. Mm -hmm. And then I feel completely lost, which is enough reason um, to agree with you to just be able, because then what you need to do, you still get insulin through the pump, but you have to manually input the, the amount that you need. Okay. Uh, so then it's basically like, you know, using pens again. And then I just throw up my hands and I'm like, oh, you know, now I'm going to go low again. Now I'm going to go high again. And it's going to mess up my my HbA1c and just causes all the anxiety to come back. So yeah, that I, I don't do know. think it would be good to to just have that knowledge. Yeah, I, I can tell you, first of all, anxiety is a tough one. Um, I do have an episode coming out tomorrow about grounding exercises that people can use when they feel anxious. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the 5-4-3-2-1 technique. Well, I've heard of a few and I've tried a few, but I'll have a listen. <laughs> five um, <laughs> five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things, that, that whole thing. Have you ever tried that? No, I don't have the patience for that. <laughs> hey, it only takes a couple of minutes. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try it. I'll try it. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's like a, a like a 45 minute episode coming on tomorrow about it. And it's <laughs> but the highlight is and by the way, your episode will come out after that. So in the timeline of the show, it'll people, this will be before, um, but it's, you look for five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. And that is supposed to kind of ground you back to reality and help you with, ang with anxious and, and help calm you. So it's a simple thing to do. You can do it quietly in your mind. It doesn't have to be out loud. I mean, listen to it and give it a shot because I, I mean, Obviously, the anxiety piece of this is nothing you can, you know, it can come, it can sneak up on you. And so you don't know when to expect it or not to expect it. But yeah. the, the part about the, listen, I'm going to, I'm just going to tell you this. Okay. And, uh, and we're coming up on an hour, but let me, let me get this out. Everything about managing insulin is timing and amount. 
okay? And that means your basal and your correction boluses and your meal insulin, like all three ways that you use insulin. Your basal insulin can't be way wrong. Like say that, I don't know, would you tell me how much you weigh? Uh, Yeah, 56. Oh, oh, you're in a different country. I have no context for this whatsoever. Hold on a second. <laughs> 56. <laughs> 56. I'm Sorry, like, I'm like, what are you, eight years old? Hold on a second. Um, <laughs> I can't even convert it for you either. It's kilos, right? Yeah. Okay. 123. Okay. So you weigh like oh, about. Sounds what, a lot. <laughs> no, you weigh what basically what my daughter weighs. How tall are you? Uh, one five eight. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what the hell that means either. Um, uh, 1.58, what is that, meters? Meters, uh, yeah. <laughs> meters in feet. This is why the sharks are going to get you. you. guys are using the wrong map. <laughs> All right, so you're like five, maybe five one, five two. Okay. And by the way, I saw a picture of you earlier. You look very healthy and lovely. Uh, I saw a, rec- oh, a recent photo of you. So good for you. All right, so 123 pounds. What's your basal set at? Do you know, or did they just set it up for you? Oh, no, they just set that up for me. I have no idea. Okay, see, this is where we're going to start. <laughs> you're going <laughs> you're gonna, to you're gonna find out what your settings are and write them down so that you know what they are. And, you know, what is, do you know your insulin to carb ratio? One unit covers how many carbs? 10 grams. One per 10, okay. And what's your correction factor? One unit moves you how far? Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so I see my basal here. It's 13.2 units. A day. Yeah, it seems. Okay. And then... Um, see, I've never went into these settings at all. They set it up for you, and they say, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your average blood pardon. sugar been during the day? Well, when I do what I did today, which is practically don't really eat. And if I do eat, I'll eat like something that's less than six grams of carbs. Then the pump can cover it. Then I'm usually between five and seven. Okay. Um, yeah. But the moment I, I'm, I've, I've gotten this fear of food because uh, like flashbacks, the moment I eat, I so- associate food with not feeling well. Mm-hmm. The moment I eat, you know, I feel terrible, whether it's mentally or physically. So, so are you? What, I, what I'm doing now works for me. I try to stay b- below six grams of carbs for every meal, and I, I constantly eat little, little bit, little bit. But then the pump can handle it automatically. Yeah. Cover are you that. bolusing? Are you telling it I'm having six carbs? No, no, I just leave that. It, it's it's oh. not enough. So it can really handle that on its yeah. own. Yeah. So, Zani, you're not like, you're. first of all, you're obviously having massive success over what you were doing before. So I am in no way, shape, or form on what you're doing. That's amazing. <laughs> but you're also not in the position where you could be like, I'm going to sit down now and have a piece of steak with a potato. No, like you, you can't do no. that. Right, right. I, so no. we're not, we're not there yet. And, and no, no, right. I think uh, baby steps. I think this oh, is already, million you know, percent. I, I, um, I'm very anal about watching my time and range and keeping it above 90. I feel like a complete failure as soon as it's not mm-hmm. because I went low yesterday. I'm now on 85% and I'm still beating myself up over that no. well, because well, I, I did actually yesterday input some carbs because I had some soup 
which was above 10 grams of carbs, then you have to input it. And then I didn't finish the soup because I got busy with something else. Mm -hmm. So then again, link in my head, oh, I ate and then I felt bad. You know, which is, it's not a, a good mindset to be in, sure. but I'm getting there. It's getting better. Well, it sounds like you're, listen, honestly, it sounds like you're making great strides and you're doing terrific. So like, I, I don't have a, exactly what you're doing is fantastic because, because we're not talking about your kidneys, like she's going to be dead in three years. So like yeah. that, that's a great step forward, obviously. But what I'm saying is I'm not saying make a change. I'm saying change your understanding. Like, I'm not even saying listen to the pro tip series and then do something. I would just listen to it just to try to absorb the information in it. Like, not with the intention of making a change, but with just the intention of learning more. Because what you're yeah. doing right now is keeping you safe and healthy. And that's, I think, of the utmost importance. So what, what if I was you, I would, I would listen and gather information. And with no intention other than to just be better educated about it. And then one day in the future, I imagine that 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 information will kind of coalesce for you. And you'll think, like, I am going to make a bit of a change here. Like, let's take a look at what my basil should really be. And, like, maybe because maybe you're – because I'm just going to say something, okay? This I don't know you. This I'm not a doctor, okay? This is a guess. I, yeah. I think your basil is so low right now where it is because you're not eating very much food. And so that probably... Know, that's spot on. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. So you have this lower basil because you're basically eating a low-carb lifestyle, which if you're going to eat a low-carb lifestyle, that's fine. Like, that'll absolutely work for you. Maybe you get put in this situation where then when you do add carbs, you're... You know what I mean? Like you have a basil that's more set for a no-carb lifestyle or a very low-carb lifestyle. Yeah, then lifestyle. it goes completely, And yeah. then when you try to eat something, am I right to say your blood sugar shoots way up? Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. because you don't have enough, like your basil's not high enough or strong enough for that kind of eating. And there's, so there's a way, and am I wrong? You don't want to eat this low-carb, right? Or do you? no. I love food. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to get you to a place where you understand how to bolus for your food and how to get your settings right so that you can eat more carbs and not experience super high blood sugars and, and rebound lows. You feel bad, yeah. Yeah, right. And then you get that, that shit talk happens in your head, right? Where you're like, I did it wrong. I messed it up. I'm ruining my A1C. Like that, you, you need to stay away from those conversations in your mind. Yes. Trying. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I don't mean like you need to, like, I'm telling you to. I mean, like, that's an imperative for you. That's a goal yeah. of, of yours is to not get involved in those conversations. So yeah. I would say learn slowly about how insulin works. I mean, over six months or a year until you're really comfortable that you can say, all right, I'm going to start taking in more carbs and I'm going to change my settings so that I can accommodate that. And that's a that'll be a bit of a process, but I think I think at the very least, like I talked about earlier, then it would be your choice. Then if you wanted to eat low carb, you could, and if you wanted to not, then you'd have the tools that you needed to make that decision. I think that's what this is. I, I think not just for you, by the way, for everybody listening, for everybody who has diabetes, this is the game. You understand how to use insulin for the food you're eating so that you don't have crazy spikes, 
and you don't have a bunch of rebound lows, that your blood sugar is stable at a lower safe number. That's your goal, right? That's that's yeah. diabetes. So you want me to tell you where to get the episodes? Or do you not yeah, want sure. me to? Yeah, yeah. Please. So but I actually I've been on your website quite a few times. I was listening to podcasts just before our call now as well. Oh. So I, I I've replaced my music with it um for a bit. Like I said, I, I never really I wasn't part of the diabetes community because I the doctors like to say that I was in denial, that I never really accepted my diagnosis. But now I'm finally, you know, mingling with other diabetics and raising my voice a bit. So yeah. now I'm actually listening to other people's stories. And um, it's it's crazy hearing how we're all different, but also so similar in all our experiences. I like to say that you sound like you had lazy, incompetent doctors who didn't know how to help you. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, it's also, I think now as I got older, I kind of, you know, realized that I was at a, by a state doctor, so he probably didn't get paid to deal with my nonsense, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't get paid enough for this. So I, I don't yeah. get paid. I don't get paid either. But I can tell you what, <laughs> we found some advertisers to buy ads on the show. So you get the stuff for free. So if you go to the website, juiceboxpodcast.com, at the top, there's a menu and you click on diabetes pro tip. And then scroll down. There's a player there. It starts at episode 210, and I think it goes on for, I don't know, 20 episodes or something like that. But stuff oh. like if you're just newly diagnosed, you're starting over. It talks about insulin. It talks about pre-bolusing meals. It talks about using temp basils, which you probably won't use too much because you have your algorithm. Insulin pumping, uh, understanding your CGM. That's very cool. I actually haven't seen seen that. I can share that with a lot of parents this side. Thank you. Know. you. Well, we also have one for very newly diagnosed people called Bold Beginnings, which is just, okay. it's the pro tip series, but not as intricate. So it's a good way to kind of get you going. It defines, you know, things like honeymooning, your adult diagnosis, terminology for right. diabetes. Yeah. What happens when you're afraid of insulin? How the fifteen fifteen rule might not be right for you? It talks about long acting insulin and your target range, and these series are all there for people. So okay. there's mental wellness stuff, thyroid in case people like end up with that. There's also one for algorithm pumping, which while they are not going to be specific to the six seventy G, do talk about how algorithms work. Now I think that's a down the road thing for you, but I think once you understand insulin. The next step would be to understand how those algorithms are working. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And then you really could, like, you're, I mean, I've been talking to you for a while. You're thoughtful. You care. You know what I mean? Like, you're motivated. I, I think that's all you really need to, like, take control for yourself. And, and, and yeah, I just need to apply it to myself for a change. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you one of those people who knows the best thing to do but doesn't do it for themselves? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Smarty pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do what I say, but don't do what I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got that little girl now. You're going to have to be a good role model for her, right? You have to do what you say. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Can I be honest with you about parenting? Yeah. <laughs> basically, that's basically like the whole thing. Just be rock solid. Like, do what you say you're going to do. Kids take a lot of comfort from that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just very comfortable. It's very comforting for your parents to follow through. Yeah, it's just me and her. So yeah. she watches me like a Hulk. So, so I have to be very careful. Is that because a shark ate her father? 
<laughs> no, <laughs> she's a she's a smart mouth. Um, I, I the, the other day I was driving and I got a little bit upset and I said what the and she decided she's going to finish that sentence for me. So I didn't realize that I was saying it in front of her, you know, previously that she caught on, but she knew she wasn't supposed to say it. You you could see on her face that uh, smile. <laughs> Zani, let me tell you something. Everybody curses. I don't trust the people who don't curse. What do you think of that? it's fine i'm just trying to teach her you know to keep it out of the school because she's a blabber mouth she goes and tells them everything she's gonna roll into school and 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 start teaching the kids yeah exactly she's that kid yeah (laughs) well i think you're i mean i think you're well positioned to make real big gains for yourself like i it just sounds to me like I mean, because if I can extrapolate into the future, you eating six carbs at a meal is not something you're going to be able to do forever. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. And so you're going to need to understand how insulin works. Thank God you found me. Oh, yes. Thank goodness for that. Now my life has meaning. (laughs) I love your sarcasm. It's so cute with your your accent. (laughs) I was going to say something about your accent, but... You know, you probably sound normal to. Oh, what do I sound like to you? Now. What do I sound like to you? Like, like the bad. Very cool. Oh, Super I, cool. I sound cool. <laughs> oh, I figure I sound like the third bad guy on like like a bad '80s movie or something like that. Well, now that you you've mentioned it, I mean, <laughs> I'm the guy. No. I'm the I'm the guy who takes the knife from Crocodile Dundee in the subway, like that kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, yeah, I don't think you sound scary. I think you sound super cool. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. This is, what if I told you this wasn't my voice and I run my voice through a, like a machine that makes my voice sound deeper? Wouldn't that be weird? It's not true, by the <gasps> way, but that'd be crazy. That'd be so weird. Yeah, yeah, I don't But do then that. I could say the same, you know. Yeah. I'm an online teacher, so maybe I just changed my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Deep fakes. They, they say yeah. that's going to be a thing in the future. You're going to be able to, um, the these, uh, the algorithms are going to be able to make like video where you can't even tell that it's fake and, and pictures oh, wow. and things like That's that. Scary. The, uh, <laughs> apparently people like me who speak so much into a recording, like if somebody was motivated to, there's enough, rec- there are enough recordings of me where somebody could yeah. feed them all into a computer and you could end up having like you could have a real conversation with me without me being there like the computer would figure out how I would respond and it would have my words already Isn't that crazy oh, wow. yeah that's weird that crazy. Yeah. yeah when that stuff goes down I'm, I'm gonna be out of a job somebody's probably just gonna steal <laughs> my voice and make a different podcast with it but now, you know, now I'm thinking, you know, as a as a teacher, that could be pretty cool if I could just sit back and, you know, someone else <laughs> is push, responding to Push a kids. button. You hear the question, you push the button and makes your voice and you're out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because as a teacher, you know, I have to lift my voice quite a bit. It's very high and it's very smiley all the time. It's exhausting. <laughs> I I did a talk uh, two weekends ago at a, a private um, a private talk for diabetes. I couldn't use a microphone for one of the days uh, because the talk was for um, a group of Orthodox Jews and they don't use electricity on Shabbos, right? So sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday, there were no microphones. And I blew my voice up doing that. It was like I was projecting and being loud and then the the room would get loud and you'd have to get louder. It was 
really something. But um, anyway, do you have any questions for me or anything you want to talk about that we haven't spoken about? No, I think this was really, really nice. Thank you for making me feel so comfortable. Sorry about all the anxiety in the beginning. <laughs> I don't I don't have anxiety. You don't have to apologize to me. I didn't feel it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um honestly, I'm I'm so happy you did this because because you're only partway through your journey right now. And what I really took from your conversation, especially the first half of it, was that you were a person living in a bubble and you're really right now just a person living in a slightly larger bubble. And there's yeah. information out there I think you need and and that would really help you. And I don't think you're going to find it from your doctor. And it doesn't sound like you know enough people with diabetes where you might get it that way. So I'm I'm happy to. I'm supposed to be the one who who's helping the people that I know who has diabetes. So this was actually very eye-opening. You know, I can't really help other people if I don't have the knowledge myself. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just finishing my diabetes advocacy course as well to like, you know, say that I am now fully a um, diabetic advocate in South Africa. Well, and, you know, it's, um, I can't really help anyone without this info. So I will definitely be sharing these podcasts and also try and educate myself a bit more. Well, all I heard is that I'm about to get a lot bigger in South Africa. So thank you very much. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I already I already told them in my last Zoom meeting last week that I'm doing this and only one person knew about Juice um Juicebox podcast and she's like, Oh, but please share the link with all of us and they'll circulate it. So um Oh well yeah. If that's the case, by the way, by the way, the podcast is number fifty five in South Africa right now. Okay. Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm doing all right. Ooh. The other day I was number nine. That must have been when you started listening. <laughs> um, <Most likely. laughs> but but um yeah really that's the best it's ever been number nine yeah okay uh anyway sorry i got a little sidetracked there <laughs> but um, <laughs> no i told a lot of people you know when i got the um the well, booking i told a lot of people about it oh lovely thank you i well so what i wanted to say was i think it's incredibly brave like i didn't recognize that you told a bunch of people you were doing this and then you came on here and were very open to the things you didn't know and were, and were honest about it. And and knowing that other people are going to hear you say that, I think that's really generous of you and, and brave. Or very stupid. <laughs> you think those people will turn on you? Don't you turn on her. You guys keep supporting her. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I doubt it. I think I think we'll be good. <laughs> yeah, no, I do too. I, I like the energy around what you're doing. Uh, so when we get off, I will, uh, I'll actually just, we'll talk for a minute. I'll send you some links. Okay. And then you, okay. you'll be able to find them. But in, for everybody listening, if you go into any audio player and type juice box pro tip, you're going to get the pro tip episodes, uh, same for bull beginnings, algorithm pumping, like all that stuff, but it's, they are easier to find on the website, juiceboxpodcast.com at the top. And then you can look at what episodes correspond and go back to your podcast player and listen. Also, I'd love to invite everybody listening to join the private Facebook group, 40,000 people, 110 posts a day, always in there, people in there helping each other. And in the featured tab of the Facebook group, there are lists, up-to-date lists of all the series that are in the podcast. So thank you very much. Are you in that, ep are you in that Facebook group? 
Uh, not yet, oh, but I will be soon. So cool. Wait, wait till you see. Wait till you see. I, I'm a big fan of um, hope and a fan of shining a light ahead and showing people this might be where you are right now, but look where I am. I'm way up here and I know how to help you get up here. I think that's yeah. a, I think that's a, a, a big deal for people. So that's what that Facebook group means to me um, at its core. It's it's just it's hope. And it's it's being able to imagine that you too could understand what those people understand. And we can always use hope. <laughs> Damn right. I, I don't have, right. I don't have nearly yeah. enough of it. I'm about one of the more hopeful people you'll ever meet. So yeah. Thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks to you for sharing my story. Oh, it's my I pleasure. It as well. <laughs> oh, it's my, it really was my pleasure. Hold on one second, okay? Okay. Let's first thank Zani for coming on the show and sharing her story. And then we're going to thank Touched by Type 1 and remind you to go to touchedbytype1.org. And of course, get your diabetes supplies the same way we do from U.S. Med. Call the special number for Juicebox Podcast listeners, 888-721-1514, or go to usmed.com slash juicebox to get started today. And again, don't forget, if you're on an Apple iPhone and you're using the Apple Podcast app, please go into the settings and make sure download all episodes is checked. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. And if someone from Apple's listening, way to f*** everything up. Good job.